Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Mason Dixon, joined by my co-host, Corey, the Bayou Benders. And this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. All right, we're back for another episode of Habs Nightly. Corey, how are you, buddy? It's been a while. It's been, it's been a while. Stained. Shout out to 90s bands. Stained. It's also been a while since we won a game. So uh, we're both a bit extra chipper because of that. And uh, really nice to have such a, a big win on a night that the Toronto Maple Leafs have a seriously big loss. So uh, it was a good weekend for me. Oh, not the only thing better than a Habs win is a Leafs loss, especially on this podcast. Devastating. And I love, <laughs> I love the throwback to Stained. Oh man, we make fun oh. of that song a lot when we uh when we go out because we live in a smaller town. So like obviously, uh, I guess because we're be- we're like starting to turn into like the adults in the town. So like you got those weird versions of uh our age people that still listen to that so they're like playing the oldies or the hits from when they were kids and that shit comes on and we're just start mocking the fuck out of it but whatever it it was a popular song and (laughs) it's still it's still very catchy song's a banger Corey. lol i bet i bet canadians would love that song i'm not gonna lie i feel like that one that one sits with y'all well why would it, why would especially Canadians love that song? I don't know. It just seems like a song I can see a bunch of a bunch of Canadians with uh, insert favorite Canadian beer sitting around cold as fuck singing. It's been a while by Stain. <laughs> it seems it seems like a real winter song. And since you guys <laughs> like have is, is it so depressing. Winter- no, Canada's not depressing, but winter can be, and I'm sure oh, it because, is out there because the song because the song's depressing. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the fact that it was on like our popular shit when I was like in kindergarten, and that was like playing on the school bus, and then like the entire school bus is like singing heartfeltly to this, uh, still blows my mind to this day. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> Uh, banger um no it's funny insert canadian favorite beer we'll get to the hockey talk in a sec i want to know like can you even can you name five canadian beer brands um well i work for a beer distributor so that's why i'm asking uh, i'm gonna go labat blue it's a pilsner i'll go fucking moosehead uh molson lager molson let me think. Uh, we got a Molson sitting right next to me, dude. Because uh, it's it's got the Canadians on it. Another another Molson. <laughs> um, fuck. Let's think, dude. 
I think I did pretty good with three. Whew. If I'm being honest, dude, I think I did pretty good with three. Can only name think... three. Oh, is that shit you drank the other day? Uh, a Canadian beer. It was like Schmaltz's or something. <laughs> Schmackies. Schleeman. Schleeman. Schleeman's a Canadian beer. Yeah, you got yeah. four. Ah, dude. Um, man. That sucks, dude. I, I don't know a fifth, and that, that upsets me because I'm such a big fan of beer. But there's really not a market for Canadian beers down here. So, well, I, sadly, I think that, I'm going to just that, say you that. Never heard of, you never heard of, like, PBR? Pabst Blue Ribbon Pabst is, Blue. is fucking – that's Canadian? Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't have known that. But I if, if I would have knew that, I would have said it because that is, like, the – fucking quarter rat special yeah it's the cheap fucking yeah we sell those down here on on frenchman on decatur lower d especially you get the lower d specials you get a a paps blue ribbon and a shot of jameson five (laughs) dollars really i swear that is the quarter rat special the lower d fucking medicine PBR oh for for a quarter more you can go a high life and my personal um whiskey favorite you can get a Tully Tullamore Dew for five dollars and twenty five cents that was my personal go to I'm I'm shocked that you cannot you couldn't even name five though I'm I'm a little upset too man if I'm being honest well okay have you ever heard this song um Send me, send me, send me ones to try, people. If I can find it here, I will. I'll, we should, we should get I love a um... drinking. <laughs> drinking beer. I love drinking beer. Let's... I love drinking. <laughs> Signs of a problem. Um, no, have you ever? I drink responsibly. You see... I have a CDL. Do you know who Tim Hicks is? No, the country singer. No. He's got a song. He's Canadian. He's got a song called Stronger Beer about our beer being stronger than oh, I don't know. You know what? I've heard that song because Dave and Heather sent me that song um, when we first started hanging out. Shout out to my Canadian father, David, uh, for showing me that song because he was like, yeah, y'all's beer is complete trash. And they would play that shit when I'd come over. And it's it's a, it's a pretty decent song. Well, even like, uh, so like we have like Bud Light, Budweiser, Bud Light. It all gets brewed at Labatt. Like it's all like, it's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a song. It's like something about you got a stronger army down there, but we got a stronger beer. That's that's the like chorus. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, we're we're we've taken a weird hitch initially off the no, episode, dude, but it's been a while since we've yeah, really no, done we since we really picked my brain as far as like Canadian Canadian nor- normality, you know. That's fair. And uh <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I guess uh I was a little shocked you work at a beer company. I thought you'd know some more beers from the Great White North. I, I'm surprised you knew what Moosehead was though. Uh, Moosehead we'll is that. one of our is one was one. Oh, Unibrow is from fucking Lufin Dumont. No shit. Okay, yeah, I'm looking up stuff right now, um, <laughs> to see if like if if I have any of these at, at our at a distributor. So like Moosehead, um, Moosehead I think is the and Uni, Unibrow, or how, however you guys would pronounce it. That is the only two I'm seeing on this big list of main best Canadian beer brands that we sell and at our specific division, you know, but um, our rival company sells Moosehead, Labatt. And I mean, I've tried, I've tried Moosehead, Labatt, um, Molson. I've never seen a Sleeman's. I've had Unibrow because Le Fin Dumont is pretty dope. Um, I just, it's a little too expensive for my tastes. But no, pretty well, dope. Sleeman. I think honey brown sneeze. I might. No, no, I know I'm right. Okay. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. 
but I'm pretty sure Sleeman was actually started in the prohibition with like, or what was it called? It was prohibition, right? The twenties when they weren't allowed to drink in the U S mm-hmm. uh, the 1930s. Yeah, so I thought it was the twenties, like roaring 20. Anyway, oh, I'm, I'm looking, I'm That's looking at Sleeman start says it starts dates back to never mind yeah that's so the, the actual yeah. the actual brewery started but um whatever john whatever schleeman whatever his name was actually started by running <laughs> running beer over like the great lakes which i thought i think is pretty interesting pretty dope but, i guess it, i guess they didn't run it this far south who knows who knows but I mean, the south was I big guess. on on moonshine so but no I'd like to try it. it. Says it's a Japanese-owned Canadian brewery in Guelph, Ontario. Yeah, are they owned by Japanese? The Japanese now. This is what it says. It says Sleeman's Honey Brown. It's a brown ale. It's pretty good. Uh, yeah, I don't. Well, I don't. There's not a lot of light beer, or like, uh, yeah, like light beer up here. I don't know the many people that drink light beer. Yeah. I don't I really like light. I don't like light. And that is like the biggest marketed to like college kids down here. If I'm going to drink like a domestic, I'm going to go like a Bud Heavy. That's fair. Or Bud Diesel as you know, that's a popular other word for it down here. <laughs> fair enough. I guess we should probably talk about, you know, our beer, our beer owned Canadians, though. The Molson family, Molson breweries, own the Canadians will segue that way. Um, we'll talk about first. Do you want to talk about Kakeniemi, or do you want to talk about uh, the game against? Let's the, let's let's wait, do KK's return first. I think since we're we'll, we're gonna most likely focus heavy on the Detroit game, obviously, because you know there was success in that game. There's something positive to talk about for the first time in a while. But uh, I think KK's return was was really big. You know, um, you predicted he was gonna score a goal. Uh, shout out to Brandon and his podcast, Tracking the Storm Pod. I want to thank Brandon for coming on once again. Um, excuse me. Great, great conversation with him. His article was really well, well written um, about KK and some of the moves that um, the Canes have made in the past and current that kind of shaped this team. But he talked real high of KK and um, his, you know, him getting a second chance, mm-hmm. a second start there. Um, just like Elias Lindholm, who had a fucking hat trick this weekend against my fantasy team. But uh, he depicted, you know, he predicted a, a big KK night, you know, at least showing out. Um, and KK did what I would have expected he would do on his team if he was still here. Uh, I think he played really well and had a luck, really terrific bounce to get his goal. Yeah, no, I predicted, obviously, that. KK was going to score. I think it was the most obvious thing that could happen. And, you know, it, it did. <laughs> it happened. I don't think there was any shock or surprise there. Um, obviously, it stings a little bit. And it's funny, we're talking about beer. KK spent, I just remember, like, it's weird for me to even imagine, but KK spent three years in Montreal and he can only drink beer as of in the US as of four or five months ago. So, <laughs> It's, you know, it seems like he's been around for a long time. His career is just starting. Wish him nothing but the best in Carolina. But I do want to talk about the fans booing him. I saw a lot. Oh, of, thank uh, God. Cause uh, I was, that was the topic I was going to bring up before we got to uh, the next topic. Okay. So. Well, perfect. I think we might actually disagree on this, but I saw a lot of people on social media. Um, I think yourself included kind of upset that fans were booing KK mm-hmm. and I honestly, I fucking loved it. Like, <laughs> I don't blame fuck, KK for leaving. I don't blame him for leaving. <clears throat> okay. And I've always thought like when they booed Pacioretty after he got traded, I thought that was a little fucked up. Obviously like you can do whatever you want. At the end of the day, you're paying $500 yeah. to fucking show out of the bell <laughs> you can do what bring you your fur do. coat and your fucking monocle yeah like you could you paid money you do you know you can boo you're entitled but with kk i don't know i 
I kind of agree with the people booing. Like, you know what? I, I just don't disagree with him leaving. Uh, he got a shit ton of money put on the table in front of him. If he turned it down, he would have been an idiot. If he, if you don't want to leave Montreal to go to Carolina, a team that's young and way further ahead and they're re- like, they're going to compete this year. You're crazy. Like he, you know, he went, but I do think there's something to be said, especially in hockey about loyalty. It's a sport that values loyalty. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, he chose to sign with Carolina. He chose to walk away. So as a fan, you know, you kind of, he's leaving you, he's abandoning you. He chose to leave. I think, you know, whether or not it's malicious, I don't think it's malicious, but you know what? The guy, I have no problem with the guy being booed. (laughs) He chose to leave. So I don't know. Boo away, man. Yeah. I think it's a bit tough for me because like, especially if you listen to the last episode, I was big KK fan, especially last year, just really rooting for him to finally get a shot that he never truly got with his team. Um. I don't know. I think how do you, like you said, though, you know, I can agree. How do you turn down that much money? Um, and then look where he's playing. You know, he, he's getting first line minutes. He's playing on a line with two of the best fins in the fucking in the NHL right now, probably the in, in the, con- in one of the country best players and one yeah. of the best players. in the NHL. I mean, truthfully. Yeah. Sebastian, Sebastian Ajo is one of the best, but one of the most slept on players, Tivu Teravainen. Just adds to that because that when Chicago did the most Chicago thing they do every single year where they can't afford anybody because they pay so much to older guys, they just dump all their amazing talent everywhere else. Uh, I was so happy he landed down south in Carolina because I was like, perfect. This is a kid that if they bring in some pools, you know, some talent with them, he's going to make the first line. Him and Patrick Kane and uh, Panarin were just unbelievable and i figured this kid can do it with anybody because he's an assist fucking magnet but i was fucking upset how dare you fucking boo this kid who (laughs) fucking never never really seen glory on this team uh other than you know really last year but at the same time it was at like him missing missing out and shit like that i don't know um I guess it hit it hit my ego, and I was like, "How fucking dare you?" Uh, he played for us when we were dog shit, and then once we're finally good, you know, we can't make an offer that works for him. And he, of course, he's going to go somewhere that's going to give him six million for one year, and then they're talking about possibly like a four year contract at like four million each year. Kid's going to be fucking set on a first line where he deserves to be. I'm a bit salty. That's all. That's all. I, I wanted I KK. Think, I, I wanted him to be the part of the future here instead of <clears throat> being part of what's going to be looked at as the problem of the past. I just don't think that KK does, did anything in his Montreal tenure that deserved – like, he didn't deserve a standing O upon his return. Well, no, I wasn't expecting him to get – like – by all means, I wasn't expecting people to cheer for him in, in, in any regards. Like you said, he really never got a chance to do anything. Well, it's not here, anybody left. And he didn't. Yeah, I know. I, I know. <laughs> like, I know. I but guess we but didn't make it easy for him to make, you know, like his choice was pretty easy to fucking go somewhere because I mean, we didn't. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm not saying his choice wasn't easy. I'm saying as a fan, I didn't not sign him. Bergman didn't. That's not my problem. Mm-hmm. And as a fan, it's about the team. And I guarantee you, Dougie Hamilton is going to return to Carolina and he's going to get booed. Oh, 100%. The guy walked away in free agency. Now, do the fans know that they weren't willing to pay him? Yeah, they know. But he walked away in free agency. And that is exactly what Kotkaniemi did. And I just don't – I don't think people are reading too much into it. It's not a big deal. I don't think KK was rattled by it. The guy's a, a millionaire. I don't think he cares. I think he'll take that <laughs> booing every single day to be a millionaire because that's what these guys get paid for. They are, you know, you say, oh, they're hockey players. They're people too. They're entertainers. Mm-hmm. That's what professional athletes are. Entertainers get booed. They get, they get to sit on a world of praise and become millionaires and all this stuff. I think booing, we can 
it's okay. It's I think they're big boys. They'll get over it. I'll step off my soapbox, okay? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. Well, I mean, I just want the best for him. Uh, I really wanted him to succeed here, and I think he's in an organization that is well put for him to succeed even further. So best of wishes to him. Um, I'm not upset with the team we have. Yeah, I I really wish Montreal had have just kept the uh, draft pick instead of trading for Christian Dvorak, at least at this moment in time. Yeah. Uh, I think Christian Dvorak has been a great player for us. He has three points in six games. And what can only be said is one of the worst <laughs> worst periods of time for the Habs, worst starts in recent memory. Um, and he's dominated on the faceoff draw. I believe he leads the NHL with 56% on the draw, at least going into that game against Detroit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess we can discuss first just the Carolina game. Uh, Montreal just totally fell flat. Um, was awful. Let's be honest. They were horrible. Oh, they got picked apart. And it, was it wasn't Allen's late. fault either, by the way. No, 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 no. It, it really hasn't been a game that's been like Allen's fault. Like Dick Allen has been our best player <laughs> all season. I'll say it. Mm-hmm. Him and him and Drewan have been our best players. Absolutely. Um, the young guys didn't show up. The old guys didn't show up. Some of the only people that showed up were Kulak and Weidman. I thought they played decent games in terms of moving the puck. Weidman especially. Uh, I was really upset to see that he was uh taken off like scratched going into that game against Detroit don't think he deserved that at all I think everyone listening knows who I think should have been on the bench that game of course he had to go and score a fucking goal but you know I'm <laughs> let's I'm talking about Ben Sherratt he scored a goal so good for him but let's not forget the first one was because he took a stupid penalty Dylan Larkin scored on the power play um I can keep bitching about Sherratt. I won't. I was pretty upset with uh, the defensive lines, but I really love Savard and Romanov together. I think they, they played awesome, uh, the two games they've played. And uh, Sammy Niku with Kulak. Uh, those two, I think Kulak deserves to be up on that top pair with um, Petrie, but Sammy Niku's debut was amazing. And those two played so well together. Niku got two points. Corey, I thought he moved the puck really, really well. He had some great vision. I think he he seems like a very good skater. He's mobile. He always has his head up, and he's always looking to make a play. And I just think that, like, what a great pickup by Montreal. I know it's only one game, but if Montreal can – have a blue line that consists of Petrie, Niku, Kulak, um, Romanov, Savard, and Weidman. I think that's a really good puck moving blue line. And I think it's the blue line that the Montreal Canadians need to, I guess, operate what we showed against Detroit can be a very high octane offense. Absolutely. Um, I just thought about it while you were listening off you know, who should be a core and who should be left out bench or rock. Um, I just want I just wanted to say, uh, you know, that our heart is with um, Joel Edmondson and his family. I believe um, it was stated that he's taken even more time off due to the, the poor health, I think, of his father. And um, just on our behalf, we, you know, we wish the best to him. And, you know, even even Mark Bergeron said it, you know, pretty, pretty much as good as you can, you know, uh, you know, your family has to come first. And, you know, and that was his response to him, to Joel Edmondson, saying he needed more time to be with his family. So good on uh, MB. But uh, I just thought about that while you were listening, because I was waiting for you to say Edmondson. I was like, oh, yeah, he's not coming back for a bit. But Well, I believe they said he's returning to Montreal. So mm-hmm. he's not going with Montreal on this Western road trip that mm-hmm. they're headed down. But he should be with the team for the next home stint, or at least on the East coast. Nice. I believe they have a home stint after, so he should be returning to the team. It'll be interesting to see how the lineup shifts after that. Now we both, we all know where Edmondson's going. He's going to be with Petrie. I think mm-hmm. this season alone, just the start has shown Petrie misses him, misses him a lot. Uh, I think he got real comfortable letting Edmondson sit back last year and 
Petrie's start to the season has been dreadful. I think he played a lot better last game against Detroit. Um, and under bad circumstances, like playing with Sherratt really puts a big strain on your partner. I think we saw that with Savard. Savard's mm-hmm. actually played really well with Romanov. And I remember when we signed him in the offseason, I was telling you that I love that pickup because I thought Savard, I love what Savard did with Sergachev. And I think we could see him and Romanov do a similar thing here. But I am I am curious to see what happens with the lineup now. Do we see possibly a trade? Because if I'm looking at this blue line, there's an odd man out anyway. And you add a, you add Edmondson, who's a guaranteed, I think he's that second defenseman beside Petrie. Mm-hmm. But it, now you've got two NHL defensemen sitting. Um I'm just wondering, do we see a move? Do we see the trade? Mark Bergevin's going to have to make something happen. And I guess what I'll propose to you, and I don't, I'm not necessarily saying this is what I want to do. It's just a thought I've had is, do you send Romanov to the AHL? You know what? Um, I don't personally like it. And that's just coming from a fan that wants to see him succeed. But at the same time, he's going to get the short end of the stick anyway. Why not send him somewhere that has a solid team and a chance for him to play big minutes, top line, top pairing? I It makes sense, you know, um, because the more we sit him – He'll he'll never he'll never get to his optimum performance for this team, and the way it's looking right now, um, he's going to be the odd man out in my eyes. I'm sure some people might see that, might not see it that way, but I think that they're going to choose Kulak over over Romanov. I think it would work. You know, I think that he really would have really would have done good one year in Laval, especially last year at, at how explosive that team was, uh, would have been a phenomenal year for him to play there. Um, I think it'll be a good one this year as well, but I know it's gotta, it's gotta be a bit disappointing for him if they, if they end up doing that, but to better his career, to better his chances of never getting looked at as, you know, the bottom of the barrel on the top team, I don't see why that's not the worst thing for him, you know, because, I mean, how long is it going to take to trade if, if if we go the trade route like you're talking of, of Sherratt? But, I mean, who's really going to take Sherratt? I might – you might see Kulak get moved just because there's more upside of that value, unfortunately. Well, I do believe Sherratt has more value on the trade market. Um, These teams- fucking idiots are blind then. <laughs> I think I think the guy the guy can play hockey, but not here. Okay, we've seen that he's okay. able to play. I think there is a position for him on the third pairing somewhere. His deals, mm-hmm. you know, a team that wants to make a championship run, even in the playoffs. I don't care what people say. Sherrod played well in the playoffs. He did, and he played well in the bubble. Uh, this is just just the regular. Really, just last year was like the start of us you know, pushing him to the back of the fucking line, you know, as far as yeah, like, coming into coming into last season in the bubble, there was the Trident where Sherratt played amazing, played mm-hmm. absolutely amazing. I think Edmondson kind of stole his role last year. It's still a bit <laughs> crazy thinking that, you know, like that we talk, I wouldn't say talk so negative about him, but just that he's not as praised as we spoke about him, you know, just two seasons ago. Well, I guess it just shows the NHL is a fickle beast, right? Mm-hmm. It'll chew you up and spit you out if you're not ready. Um, I guess we need to have two conversations then here. And let's start with what we would do. So right now, okay, what I have with my lineup with Edmondson healthy, I have Edmondson Petrie. That's my top pairing. Okay. I have Romanov Savard and I have Kulak and Niku because those two played amazingly. Now, when I look at this, here's my thought process. I love Edmondson and Petrie together. Yeah. If that can get Petrie to return to Norris caliber form, I think you need to. You want Petrie to play well. You need to put your your number one defenseman with the person that's going to make him the best in the situation, especially fucking 
you know, because five listen, losses in. I think this team would be better served going for the lottery. Mm-hmm. I do, but I will never advocate tanking. And at the end of the day, this I don't think Respect this team will go to the lottery. I think they're going to end up just out of the playoffs again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. But I think regardless, you need Petrie to have a good season because you, you're paying him a lot of money for starters. Second, you don't want to promote a losing culture, especially at the stage in Suzuki and Caulfield's career after they just went to the cup final. Yeah, right. Um, and if you and I, you know, I don't want I think Petrie can stay on this team. Be I think at the time we're ready to compete. I think Petrie could still be on this team in a good role um, because he's just gotten better with age. But if you want to look at trading him, if he puts up another season like he did last year with that pace and those numbers, 65 points, like you can get a lot for a right-handed right side defenseman who puts up 65 points. Someone will overpay for him. So that's why I think you need that pairing. Um, When I look at Romanov and Savard though, I really do wonder is Romanov better served in the AHL? And I'm not saying he can't play in the NHL. I really do believe that Romanov is an NHL caliber player. But <clears throat> I say that because we haven't seen him dominate. And I've seen him lay the body less. Um, I think he still makes great breakout passes. But when he was first, those first like two months of him being in the NHL, I think was his best. And I wonder if you need to put him in the AHL where he can be a number one guy, he'll be the best defenseman on that team and he'll run the power play and he'll lay the body out on some guys and really mature. And, you know, once he dominates, if he can get that confidence back, kind of grow, be able to, because in the NHL, you can't really practice things. You can't try stuff, especially as a blue liner. Right. If it's because if you're unsure, it's going to work. You're not going to do it once if he sees that he's able to do it against you know, really good hockey players. I'd love to see him come back later in the season. So that's a thought of mine. And then I would move Kulak or Weidman up to beside Savard. Mm-hmm. And I would have Sherrod as my extra defenseman. So that, that's kind of how <laughs> I see that. And I just wonder, it, do you think, I guess, do you think Bergevin would even consider that? Because I, I look at that and I don't want Romanov to go down. I want, I want to emphasize that. Mm-hmm. Like, like you said, I want to see him play, but I, I do wonder and I do question and if that is maybe the best, best for his development. I think, I think after watching what happened at KK, I would rather him go to the AHL until we can move some pieces around. Because right now, respectfully, on this team, he's stuck on the third line and someone's got to get injured for him to have solidify that role, sadly. And I think that Mark Bergevin is going to play favoritism and, and hold Sherratt because God knows we can't lose another one of these big, you know, our big three on the defense, even though Ben Sherratt has been a, a really, really hard to watch. Um, I, I think the best we'll get out of that is him force him to the third line. And, and in that case, and Romanov has got, you know, what are you going to do? Scratch him, let him get no development into his, his play style. Um, I don't see him ever scratching Sherratt. And that's just because he's playing favoritism because of the loss of Shea Weber. I'd, no, exactly. I'd, and that, yeah, and that's, that's at fault, you know, but Romanov, unfortunately, it, He's getting dumped. He's getting dealt the, the poorest hand of, of all the defensemen right now. And I think maybe a trip to the AHL, as frustrating and as how unwanting I want it, it's the best as far as his career moving forward. At least you're playing. At least you're fucking playing. And I know it sucks because we've burnt – I mean, what? He turns uh, RFA next season. It, it's 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 – it makes it so tough looking back that we burned, you know, one of his entry level years. And now we're in a situation where p- putting him in the AHL is, is for the best for him instead of doing it year one when it would have made the most sense. So I don't see him ever putting Ben Chirot, uh healthy scratched 
And that's that's really unfortunate for the defensemen that are coming into their own on this team. You know, Brett Kulak, even though he's been here for a bit, uh, Sammy Niku, Sammy Niku's first game was phenomenal. Um, but Alexander Romanov really gets fucked in this situation because all he can do is learn every game he plays, and he's never going to get that opportunity while Ben Sherratt gets treated like royalty here. But my yeah. mom's, I mean, yeah, Edmonton, Petrie, fucking, I put Savard with Weidman and uh, Sherratt with Kulak, and then sub out Sammy Niku when Sherratt hurts himself or something. I don't know. It's unfortunate. Yeah, I think that uh, I don't think Bergevin is going to do what I'm suggesting is what I'll say. I'm no, I think he's going to take the younger talent and move him because for some reason we just got a hard on for Ben Chirot. Well, no, I, th- I I really do believe that Kulak or Weidman is going to either – one of them is going to get benched and one of them is going to get traded. Mm-hmm. And it's going to fucking piss me off, but – I guess so. I guess talking about it in this sense is kind of pointless because it's probably not going to happen. But I also want to propose to you the idea that this is a this is a podcast that are dreams positive. Okay. Yeah. I also want to propose the idea that Bergeron might get fired because <laughs> that's very true. I look. I'm not going to say I know a lot about the world of business, but I do know a little bit about life in my short time on this planet and I know a little bit about hockey at least I hope I do because I have a podcast about it um (laughs) in life I think people usually like stability and I think in business that's important too now whether or not Molson wanted to extend Mark Bergevin which I don't understand why but reports have been that there was an offer and Bergevin does it's Bergevin's made it clear he doesn't want to talk about it, they'll get it done later, like after the season. Well, look at the direction this team's going. Because I don't know what direction this team's going. It looks like this roster was built to compete and score goals, but the coach doesn't want to score goals. He wants to play a hard-nosed defensive style with a defensive core that isn't capable of doing that and is built for mobility. So then he hamstrings those players and punishes them. And then they play worse because they're not playing to their style. And you get guys like you're trying to get a team with Mike Kaufman and Nick Suzuki and Caulfield and Josh Anderson to play 200 foot game, which really isn't their style. And then you start the season. No one fight. Like if I'm Jeff Molson, if I'm any owner, I look at this situation and, you know, not only is the team, you know, yeah, they made the cup final, but I think the team's trajectory is up more in question than it has been in the last five years. Mm-hmm. Even worse than that season, we went on a nine game losing streak. Like this is bad. And, and at the same time, Bergevin won't commit to you. So I think it's a very real possibility. Molson and the other ownership look at this situation and say, we're going to cut ties before he, he hangs us out to dry. Right. Cause I think that's very possible. Mm-hmm. They're not going to owe him much money. Right. Like mm-hmm. the contract is already ending. So, you know, it's not going to hurt them financially. Yeah, but Just not, wash your hands of it. Yeah. Not that the Molson family is hurting for money anyway. <laughs> and, you know, you can kind of, like you said, wash your hands with it, get over it. And then have someone else direct this team while they're still young. You don't need to tear down the entire ship. You can sell pieces. You can sell guys like Edmondson, Petrie, Sherratt, whatever. And you already have a young core to inherit. You can get an, I don't want to say an Ottawa style because, you know, we'll see what's going on with Ottawa, but kind of, right. We saw a leadership change and they've kind of rebuilt and, you know, stock the cupboards. I think it's a very real possibility. Jeff Molson fires Mark Bergman before the end of the season is where I'm, what I'm getting to. And I really, I honestly think that might be the best direction for this team to go. In. Right. And I mean, uh, I'm blanking on it, but I saw today on Twitter that we tied, it was like 
the only team to ever go 0 and 5 uh, to start the season after a Stanley Cup appearance. Like we're tired. Yeah, with the, that worst, now. the worst. The mm-hmm. worst. Yeah. The worst start is, to a season after a Stanley Cup appearance. Sorry, which is not a record you want to keep. Absolutely not. It's a. It, it's almost shameful after. It is shameful how amazing we were. This organization. The Montreal Canadiens are an, are an organization built off of legacy, mm-hmm. success, and this has been anything but success. This tenure of Montreal, there's been no success. And up until this year, really, in the playoffs, like we've had, we've gone far, but we haven't won anything. We right. haven't won any presidents' trophies. We haven't had any players win any individual awards. Subban won the Norris in 2013. Mm-hmm. Price went on that one year, but realistically, we haven't even had a guy come close to winning the Art Ross or the Rocket Richard. Tofoley was the closest I can remember. Right. And we haven't had success developing players. Like when you consider it that way, the lack of success Montreal has, I guess, not like lack of success Montreal sustained instead of sustained success that we've seen other organizations um, achieve is kind of depressing. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's not a well run organization these last few years. So I guess I'm kind of, we like, you know, you mentioned earlier, we like to stay positive, but I'm kind of tired of Mark Bergevin. <laughs> I don't think you can allow, it's very rare you allow someone to pick up and clean, pick up their own mess and fix it in hockey. Mark Bergevin got that opportunity. He had a great Cinderella run, but you've lost Weber. You've lost price for a while. That was who he built this plan after. Are we going to give him a third attempt? Right. I just, I don't think it's deserved. No, understand. And I mean, if you look based on like uh, as accolades, as far as like what a GM has done for this team, he's been the best one since Serge Savard, who, you know, that was the last time we won the cup, but it's not, you know, a Stanley Cup fucking cup. It's not, it's not the Stanley. We didn't win it, you know. And if that is what pushes him over the edge of being the best GM since, you know, uh, fucking his 95, it's really kind of, it kind of washes out. Just, you know, whatever we own, buy it out. Just go, go on to look after, I guess, you know. Uh, I felt maybe if he would have had, as exciting of an off season as we did after the bubble with acquisitions, if we were going to move house, like we did, but brought in tremendous, you know, hope like he did, maybe this wouldn't be as bad of a start because you're like, okay, there's just so much new in, you know, it's going to take a minute to fix everything, but that, that wasn't the case for, for last year. So it, it hits even harder that it's just like, why is this not working? And now it's, Eyes are going straight back to Mark Bergevin. And, you know, Molson is saying, let's see how this season plays out before we sign any type of uh, agreement to keep it around. It's where are, where are, are our opinions going to go other than I think it's time to move on. You've done the best that you could with this team. You got us to a finals appearance. Appreciate it. Uh, but now the negatives are starting to catch up with the bit of positive success you've had in the last two years. Well, I guess – what you call success, I think you could call it success in other cities. Call it call it break even. Let's, no, let's go I with think, that. I think you could call it success. Going to the cup final success in any other city. But in Montreal, they measure success in championships. And I understand other fan bases will laugh and say, <clears throat> you haven't won since 93. Like, get over it. It doesn't matter. This city may not have won in 30 years or all close to but it doesn't matter they still measure success in mm-hmm. championships because it's the blue blanc et rouge le canadien like we measure our success in stanley cups and in stanley cups alone not individual trophies 
mm-hmm. even though I mentioned them, like it's it, this team never really has. It's always been about the cup. We have to win the cup. The cup. The cup is synonymous with this organization. And even though we haven't won it in a long time, we still have won it way more times than anybody else. So, yeah, Mark Bergman made the Stanley Cup final. But in, in the interest of respecting the crest, respecting the logo, respecting the names of like Jean Beliveau, Maurice Richard, Guy Lafleur, all these guys who wore the Montreal Canadiens like jersey, I don't think you can call a cup a, a, a um, final appearance success. I just I don't think Bergevin has earned that sort of respect with his tenure in Montreal. I think after 12 years, I think I would call it disappointment. Mm-hmm. Like you had Carey Price. <laughs> I think that's what we haven't even mentioned. The fact that like he was gifted the greatest goalie of his of this generation. And he wasn't able to wasn't able to get him to the cup final until he was 35. How old's Carey now? 35, 34? something like that so i don't know i i think maybe we have maybe you can call it success but i just don't think it is in montreal that's fair it's, it's time we call like larry robinson if i'm being honest bring bring in it's larry. time it's time this organization <laughs> opened up to the idea of an anglophone gm again because Montreal has won more championships under Anglophone GMs than Francophone GMs. And I've, I saw this the other day, and I'm going to blank on the names because they were old-time. Um, GMs? Like, yeah, um, I'm trying to think. Like what? Let me, let me get this list up. Sorry, bear with me. Um, You're looking for English? Sam Pollock. Sam Pollock. Montreal won the cup nine times with him from 1964 to 1978. Um, who else? There was a bunch of other. I'm trying to think. Let me. Gorman. Uh, I believe Selkie was also, yeah, born in Berlin, Ontario. Frank J. Selkie. Six times. Won six times. Canadian, or sorry, Francophone, non-Francophone, man, Anglophone. Um. Tommy Gorman was, I believe, bilingual, but he was Anglophone, born in Ottawa. Like Montreal didn't start. Even Bob Gainey, he learned French. Like Mm -hmm. this has, it's a very recent thing to only hire um, Francophone GMs and Francophone coaches. Montreal won how many titles with Scotty Bowman as their head coach? And or so was it Scotty? I believe it was Scotty Bowman. Yes. I'm young. I apologize to the older, the older Habs fans. My point being, yes, there are a lot of very successful French hockey players, hockey minds in this game. Uh, you take a look at Tampa, their GM has done a great job. I would argue that Iserman was really the architect but julian brisebois has done phenomenal there he's won back-to-back cups whether or not eisenman put it into play you can't take the titles away from him he won um i'm trying to think who else there's there's a number of great french hockey minds and i think it would be great if montreal could have a french gm but i think it would be like a cherry on top i don't you don't you shouldn't limit you shouldn't we, win we've in, gone in we've fight. gone from picking the best person to lead this team to a Stanley Cup championship to the comfortability of making it a francophone yeah and like in the last i don't know like in the last 20 years Montreal had two of their head coaches twice Montreal had Michel Therrien in 2000 to 2003, mm-hmm. who was replaced by Claude Julien until 2006. Then Bob Gainey was in there. Guy Carboneau was in for a few years. Then Bob Gainey was back. Flash forward to 2012. Michel Therrien was back. 
and he was replaced again by Claude Julian. Now, I'm not saying Claude Julian and Terrian aren't good coaches, but in less than in, in 15 years, you had the same two guys twice. Yeah, it was <laughs> disgusting, like, to say the least. And it's all because you're limiting your your pool of candidates, which I just think Montreal needs to do. I think there's a lot Montreal needs to do to overhaul this organization. And, you know, the French-English debate can rage on for eternity. But there's one thing that I will stand firmly on. It's that Merrick Bergerman has outstayed his welcome. I agree. At this point, I don't think uh, Deshaun has had enough chance to, to be the one to, to move on from. And I think I think Mark Bergevin has been given every opportunity, and he's had many a years. Granted, the most successful since Serge Chavard, but that's still not a championship, and it's time to move. Time to move on. Yeah, I agree. So – I guess we've gone a little off kilter this episode. Both kind of expressing our a bit, a bit, a tinge, a tinge. But uh, However, before, what's up? No, go ahead. No, what were you gonna say? No, I was just gonna ramble on. So <laughs> I want to get us a little bit back on track. But before we get back to something a little more positive, uh, I have a positive ad read from our sponsors, DraftKings. NFL fans, hungry for a big win this week? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets if they win. You win with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only, new customers only, a minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required, once per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I keep always forgetting to say Providence also, if it's not in your state or Providence. Am I correct with that? That's what that's what y'all call? That Sorry, would be the repeat. correct... Uh, the word Providence is like the Canadian version of state, if I'm correct. Uh, you are very incorrect. We, we, we live in provinces. Provinces. What did I say? Providence, which is a city. Great. Nice. Nice. Awesome. We also have I territory. just fucking made that amazing ad read just turn to shit. <laughs> <laughs> when you cross the finish line and fumble the bag right at the end oh god oh no yeah. segue i need a hard segue mason <laughs> oh um let's get into um you know a couple of habs had their first um you know not only season first goal but first goal as a habs in the montreal detroit game uh mike hoffman dvorak and perot who actually had a natural hat trick. And if I'm not mistaken, he's the first Montreal Canadian to score a natural hat trick since Max Pacioretty in 2013. You would be correct. <laughs> and uh, I guess want to start, we'll end with Perot. <clears throat> We've made this kind of longer than expected. So how about we end with Perot? Okay. So talking about, first you want to talk about Hoffman? Yeah, I, I also yeah we we went super longer than I expected, uh, but that's not a problem because this is for the fans. So Mike Hoffman, you know, uh, three games in, how do you feel about him at this point? I feel about exactly how I thought I was gonna 
mm-hmm. feel about Mike Hoffman. Um, ultra talented player. The goal he scored showcases that ability. It's the most Hoffman goal on the planet. Just <laughs> snipes a laser beam from behind mm-hmm. the face-off dot, like close closer to the blue line than the face-off dot. And I don't think I can't remember who was in net. I think it was. It was originally Grice, I think. Grice, yeah, yeah it Grice was Grice had no, who had it. Had yeah. no chance. No. Just Pop, bottle, bottle popper at that, I believe, too. Yeah, and I don't know. He played a really good game. Mm-hmm. But you say all that, you talk about how talented he is, his shot. And he, it's the best. It's like watching Alexi Kovalev. And I was very young. So I remember it less than I believe most of our listeners and you would, but it's like the guy, you know, the guy can do so much, but he's so fucking lazy. (laughs) (laughs) I think he, I think he's very, um, I mean, lazy is a good word too, but I think that some of his post. Yeah. Um, I think game two, I think it was for him. Um, I think that was against San Jose. If I'm not, no, it was against um, the Canes. He tried to do like a spinorama. I think he makes a lot of um, very high risk uh, plays to try to set something up, you know, to kind of, I guess, falter the goalie, um, you know. And I think that's something that Tom and Shane had mentioned to us in the past once they saw the Mike Hoffman acquisition is that a lot of risk, a lot of, uh, like you said, a lot of laziness, a lot of just, he's, well, he's either going to fucking have an amazing night or he's going to take a lot of high risk shit. And it's not good when you got someone like Ben Chirot sleeping on the back end. It's not even so much the high risk stuff I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about how one shift I can remember in that, I think it was the Canes game. It might have been against Detroit, whatever. Hoffman came out. I didn't realize he could skate that quickly. Right. Absolutely blazing down the down the boards. Tried to exit, enter into the zone, lost the puck. And then kept skating, stole the puck back in the hab zone and skated it all the way around back into the other team's zone. And I was like, wow, Hoffman's fucking amazing. And then about three minutes later, his very next shift, I don't think he broke stride once. <laughs> just kind of floated around. <laughs> like burned it out the previous shift. Well, it's just, it's, he just takes shifts off and he floats around and it's just frustrating because he's so good at hockey. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Tom especially said he's going to piss you off beyond belief. Because I remember when Hoffman was playing with St. Louis, Tom was losing it all season. <laughs> and Hoffman, and I, you know, you look at his stats and Hoffman put up quick Google search here. Um, Mike Hoffman, I believe, had like, he was on pace for like a 60 point season. For and- what? With St. Louis? Yeah, let me let me just quickly. He he had, had thirty six points yeah. in fifty two games. He was on pace for a sixty point season. He had seventeen goals, and Tom's losing it the whole season. And <laughs> I'm starting to understand why. Because all the guys done is put up points, put up seventy points his first year in Florida with thirty six goals, had fifty nine the following COVID shortened season. He's bounced around everywhere. He hasn't stayed even in the queue. He played for three teams. He started in the OHL. Then he went to Gatineau. And then he went to Drummondville. And then he went to St. John. Right. Like (laughs) the guy can't stick on a team. And I think it's because of this effort. But like, you know, one undeniable thing Mike Hoffman can do is score goals. And oh boy, does he ever! So, I guess I went off off track a little bit. But what I've seen <laughs> from Hoffman is exactly what I expected to see Hoffman. So if he can if he can keep scoring goals, I'm okay with it. But I think that 
if Hoffman isn't scoring, I think you and I are going to have quite a few rants about him. Right. No, I don't think you're wrong. And uh, it'll be to my upsetness because just two seasons ago, mm-hmm. I was the one that was like, why not we, why don't we try for Mike Hoffman? You know, and uh, I would hate to have that bite me in the ass so much. <laughs> Because yeah, I was no, I like, I was like, good. man, this is this could be the key, this could be the key, and uh, we get a chance to see how fucking wrong or right <laughs> I was. Mm-hmm. No, I yeah, I think what we're gonna see from Hoffman is exactly that. You're gonna love him some nights, you can hate him others. Mm-hmm. But if you can put the puck in the back of the net 25 times this year, I'm okay. Yeah, well, I'll wash it. Now, to the kind of – I want to talk – Sammy Nuku we talked about was absolutely Mm -hmm. phenomenal. I love what I saw from him. I think him and Kulak were our best pair that night. Romanov and Savard played very well also. Um, Highlight of the night, though, number one performer, Matthew Perot. Now, talk about a great story. Uh, To come home, hometown team. He's from Drummondville, an hour and a half away or an hour and 20 minutes away. Um, and then to score a hat trick. Granted, one was an empty netter. I don't think he cared. He tipped his hat to the crowd. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah. <laughs> and then the chant, they were chanting his name. And it was just a great sight to see him soaking it all up. It just proves that the Bell Center is still the best, the best arena in hockey, regardless of the uh, attendance rates the last few games. I love seeing that for Matthew Perot. And I think if he can chip in offensively, every once in a while and, you know, play, which I think an underrated aspect of his game because he scored the hat trick. He played a very good defensive game against Detroit. Um, if he can continue to do that, I think we're going to, we're going to fall in love with Matthew Perot this year. Right. That second one uh, was just, it was just a really great team effort. Um, but just to be in the, you know, in the perfect spot, um, he just, looks so electric after his first goal, you know, every shift, it seemed he just glided a little bit easier. Um, but that second one was just based off of some, a great, you know, a great turnover and then some good movement. Uh, Cole Caulfield, I think was the primary assist on that, but yeah, super happy. Um, especially after, a, you know, acquiring him, I didn't really see a place for him. I felt like, this guy was going to end up being like the fro leak of last year, but you know, what a great, what a great opportunity for him to, to prove that he's got, you know, he's got some bearings though. You know, he can, he can be a true asset to this team. Definitely. No, I agree. I think Perot is going to be expected to play some big minutes this year too. <clears throat> and uh, if Nick Suzuki continues to struggle, which I hope he doesn't, um, I think for sure we're going to see Perot play a pretty big role mm-hmm. um i do want to give i know we said pro would be the last um conversation topic of conversation but i'd be remiss if we didn't at least give a little bit of recognition to our best skater this season uh jonathan Druin has six or uh, five points in six games has played amazingly his pass to ben Chirot, that primary assist was mm-hmm. a thing of beauty, like skating backwards, held the puck, head up, waited, calm, 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 sat there, waited for Sherratt to get there and seemed a perfect pass. Sherratt's not putting that in the back of the net if it's not a perfect dish. Not a shot, yeah. So, <laughs> And then there was, was a, awesome. there was a second chance. Uh, Sherratt almost had – they who was it? I think it was Josh Anderson went on a two-on-one with Ben Sherratt, and Sherratt's just dead dog-tired speed and i'm like who's got the puck and i was like fuck <laughs> that puck's not getting passed at all <laughs> but it was a great race uh man i think this is truly you know um you see it a lot on twitter you know we expected this to be the jonathan Druan season but like he's really kind of blowing it out the water you know in these early games so i just hope that the success just rides with him even even further this season you know, for someone to say that he truly feels better and is excited to get back on the ice, you see it in his play. Even at this team's worst right now, he comes out every night and just really 
puts his heart into it, you know. Yeah, he's been absolutely amazing. He's been our second best. He's been player. like the 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 one topic that we can like at least stay positive about, you know. So yeah, definitely. You know, kudos to him and you know, best of luck with the rest of the season. Uh kicking myself in the ass for not drafting him. Even <laughs> if even if you know that it wasn't the best person to put in for you know five games just because of the shit kicking we were going through he has been outstanding for this team yeah he's been great we gotta we gotta make a shirt for him i'll figure i'll, I'll come up with something clever <laughs> <laughs> well if that is all we have left to say i think it's been a longer episode than expected you've got to mm-hmm. do some editing after this and also got to work tomorrow so with yeah let's let's wrap it up uh all, the only thing i have to say is next week i want to talk about cole caulfield and the Seattle opener didn't get a chance to talk about it, but me and my cousin had a great laugh about uh, the Seattle opener, and we'll just save it for Wednesday's episode. All right. Well, without further ado, we're going to wrap things up here today. But thank you guys for stopping by listening. Uh, we always appreciate the support. Um, if you like this lesson, if you like listening to this and you're new to Habs Nightly following, or you're new to the Hockey Podcast Network, we highly suggest you check out some other shows on our network, such as we mentioned Shane runs the Sense Hour podcast. Check it out. It's amazing. And Corey, if you have anything else to add, now's the time. Yeah. Um, guys, if you want to leave us a comment, please do so on our speak pipe. It would be at www.speakpipe forward slash habsnightly.com. It's on our Twitter. Um, also shout out to Canadians, uh, aggregator. They've always showed us a lot of love since we started this podcast and I would love to bank, uh, some type of topic with them coming up soon, but that's it for me. Uh, you guys have a great weekend and Mason, won't you finish your job and take us out, bud? All right. Well, thank you guys once again by listening. Absolutely. That'll be it for today. See you guys all in a few days. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.